Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina. A podcast sparking discussion on all things health, mindset, fitness, goals, and motivation. We strive to help you to boost your confidence, to take the lead in your own life, to back yourself, and to step into your full potential. That was a good note to start off. Yeah. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina. Today, we have Jamie Sankstar. Now, Jamie is a breathwork coach. Uh, he's also one of our amazing uh, retreat leaders and coaches. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm super excited. I was just quietly sitting in the corner for the last few months, just wishing that you'd ask me to come on. So, <laughs> so good. Love that. Well, we're excited to have you on today. And it's our first recording for the year. So technically, we are calling this season two of Body and Beyond podcast, which awesome. is exciting. Well done. Yes. Episode and 33 today. Yes. 33. Yeah. I feel like that's a lucky number, right? Yeah. I don't know. Let's make it lucky. <laughs> we're making one. <laughs> so to kick off our podcasts, we're going to do something a little bit different this season. And we're going to give a random recommendation for each podcast from mm. both Gina and myself and also our special guest as well. So, yeah, Gina, kick us off. What's your random recommendation? Kick it off. Okay. So uh, the course I've been doing for the last eight months Um I guess I'm bringing forward uh, one of the models that we've been using. It's IACR. So it's intention, awareness, choice, response. And this model was created by Dr. Darren Stevens. So basically, I guess the random recommendation using this model is when you say there's a unideal habit you're executing on or something you're doing in your life that you're you know no want no longer wanting to continue doing first of all bring awareness to your intention so what's the positive intention of doing this what could that possibly be once you've brought the awareness to that then we can see it in a different light and that can honestly bring about more choice to the situation and then from there, we have the choice to choose our response into the future. So sometimes understanding what that positive intention is or why you're doing something in the first place, what could that positive intention be, um, really helps you to look at it in a different light. Hmm. Mm. Nice. Amazing. Random enough? <laughs> <laughs> Enlightening. Enlightening. There we go. Is there, I, is there somewhere that you can like see that in person, like that model? As in, I could share okay, it in the like, show notes. Yeah, like a visual or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could pop a visual up. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Mm. We'll go. I think we'll go deeper into that in a future episode, though. It's uh, obviously more than a random recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> I love what it. What have you got, Al? Okay, my random recommendation for this week is something relevant for me to me this week, and it is so simple, guys. But it is literally the like the morning ritual of waking up and not going straight to social media, phones, messages, and that sort of thing. This is a huge one for me because I got into a really good routine at the end of last year of breaking away from that. And if you're, especially someone who like runs a business on social media as well. Um, but I kind of lost that the last kind of few days this week. And so I ended up waking up and going straight to checking like 
my work emails and my social media messages. And honestly, I could feel the difference 100% on the way, like on just the level, or sorry, the, the energy that I was starting my day on. Mm. Um, generally just feeling quite like anxious and just sort of stressed about the day ahead as opposed to like what I had been doing. And I was doing a really good job of it, which was waking up and having my me time where I literally did not think of work. I didn't check emails. I didn't check my messages, didn't even look at my phone at all. And just like reading, um, usually I'll go out and sit on the balcony and like just get sunlight straight away as soon as I wake up. Um, but just having that quality like wake up time where you're just not like stimulating yourself straight away. So that's my recommendation because it definitely yeah. helps me. So I hope that it can definitely help some of you to start off your day feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, huge, isn't it? I actually have my phone on flight mode from when I probably at about 8.30 at night through to probably about 8 o'clock in the morning. So mm. I just get interruptions and it helps so much. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mm. And even just too bad, like, if too bad if something bad actually happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like, online. Yeah, I've even yeah. like started charging my phone just outside of my room as well. And I don't usually get up on an alarm anyway. So that I'm lucky with that. But yeah, yeah the flight mode is a good idea if you have to kind of use your phone as an alarm in the morning because you've yeah. got to check it, but you don't want to see all the messages popping up. So yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's been a big one for Dave and I actually. Like we've it's been a rule for years and years like our phones charge outside the bedroom so they're not in the bedroom yeah. um and it's just normal so it's just what we do and do they do they go off outside like yeah you, yeah sweet yeah so if i have i usually i usually wake up with my apple watch that'll be yeah. my alarm but i'll have a backup phone so that is loud in another yeah. room so yeah. i'm like waking up and i'm like trying to get my mouth tape off and i'm like running, <laughs> trying to turn it off that's it you know that's another hack in itself right like it gets you out of bed Oh like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like oh, trying yeah. to stop the the noise for everyone else for like for days. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Jamie? What's yours? My random recommendation probably started at about Christmas, and I downloaded the Blinkist app. It's called so Blink IST, um, and that is basically a book summary app. And what it does is takes takes books and summarizes it into around fifteen to twenty ish minutes. And always gives you somewhere between one and 11 key takeaways sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I've found it really good because I've got a whole list of things that I want to get through. Um, however, I'm reading at a much slower rate than I'd like. So it's sort of like giving me a little bit of insight. Do I want to go deeper into this book or not? Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Is that a subscription? You just subscribe? Yeah, that's a subscription. I've got a really good, like... Um, price at Christmas it was mm -hmm. like $59 for a full annual subscription so yeah like, I'm taking that awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, love that idea because sometimes you buy well I don't know about you guys but I've definitely bought things before that I've read the cover or the back and thought oh yeah and then I've kind of got into like one or two chapters and gone oh this isn't kind of what I thought yeah this yeah. is gonna be and then I just end up leaving it um, yeah. so. <laughs> and I sort of like I judged it off I first like downloaded a few books that I'd read before and I was like, I'll listen to this and see what it tells me about the book that I've already read. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty decent. So, yeah. yeah. Love that recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So today uh, the episode topic is really breathwork, isn't it? So Jamie is a specialist in breathwork. So we thought he'd be the perfect person to come on and, um, yeah, cover this powerful topic with us. 
So we wanted to start off with, first of all, like what is breathwork and also what are some of the benefits? So let's start with what is breathwork, Jamie? Yeah, cool. Um, so breathwork is becoming a lot more popular now, um, as is cold exposure. You could almost like call it trendy that many people sort of get into it now. But breathwork in itself is a term that can be used when you're using your breath isolated from anything else to alter your state. Mm -hmm. Breathwork is like an umbrella term um, that encompasses basically like thousands and thousands of years of different cultures, um, different traditions and different medical remedies that have been used for healing. Um, they've been used to alter states. They've been used to essentially bring better life to people. Mm. Um, and underneath that is what I'll like to say that there's three different sorts of breath. So there's functional breath work, um, which is where we learn to restore our natural breathing flow. So that's learning how to breathe, how we were naturally born to breathe. And surprisingly, we've moved away from that, which I'll dive into a little bit deeper later. Then there's the performance element. So that's actually learning how to healthily access both sides of our nervous system when we need to either upregulate or downregulate. And then there's the third part, which is more of a conscious spiritual side of breathing, which you go deeper than the body and um, out of the mind, essentially, mm. using deeper rhythmical breathing cycles um to access that side so that's basically like the umbrella what it covers and each one of those three you can dive deeper and deeper and deeper into as well um, where i i actually love being able to facilitate all three of those but where i think the most important part of breathwork lays is in number one the functional breathing like actually just learning how to breathe correctly um, will be the biggest game changer for pretty much anyone listening to this podcast, I think. Yeah, so that's the day-to-day -day breathing. How are they breathing day -day during breathing. the day? At night, how are they breathing? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so basically why that is so important. From the age of 5.5, we have well, research shows from about the age of 5.5, our lives change dramatically. Um, and the reason for that is we basically get up off the floor we're not crawling anymore we start going to school we're seated a lot more start to get exposed to a lot more stress we start to pick up on different cues um, of the people who surround us so for example like watching our parents watching our superheroes things like that you may laugh when I say superheroes mm -hmm. but you just gotta or even Instagram um, and social media can be a big uh sort of like thing that people look up to these days it's like anyone the a young human looks up to right there's a superhero yeah. might be their father or it might be their yeah. a, a literal superhero on tv or whatever yeah yeah and if you have and if you're watching these people how they live their life and how they actually breathe you're probably going to automatically just start breathing like that mm. and if these people are more than likely um breathing incorrectly for example, like if you use Superman, like he has that sort of like big barrel chested, almost like that. And then like a V shape, um, what you actually see there is a lot of air trapped in the upper body. And then down where actual functional breathing occurs down in the stomach and the diaphragm, there's not much there. 
So little things like that actually change our psychology about how we breathe. Like if you're that little kid and you've seen your parents have a fight or whatever and there's some violence going on and you've seen some heavy breathing or you have a parent that's anxious or a friend that's anxious and you're around um, people that are breathing incorrectly, you're going to automatically start to pick that up. And when we do breathe incorrectly um, or anatomically incongruent, I like to call it, is uh, we start to see an increase in our heart rate. We start to see an increase in our blood pressure. Start to see increases in cortisol. So that means our stress levels are going to rise. Then we're going to struggle to sleep. Our immune systems are going to go down. And um, the flow on effect is massive for our health. So that's why um, restoring the anatomically congruent way to breathe is what I'm so passionate about, essentially. Yeah. And from a like from layman's terms, a really simple way to put it, what would you say those core benefits are for someone to start to breathe like anatomically or better, change their breathing basically? Yeah. So the key benefits are going to be the exact opposite of what um and what I just explained before. So you start seeing increase in heart rate. You're going to start to lower the heart rate. You're going to then lower the blood pressure. You're then going to lower the cortisol levels. You're going to increase your immune system. And overall, you're going to feel more energetic. Your things like your posture are going to change. So you're going to suffer from less injury. When you learn how to breathe correctly, things like digestion and stuff like that start to improve because we learn how to use our diaphragm. And when that diaphragm works correctly, we actually massage the organs and allow them to detoxify. So there's so much stagnant air and things that get stuck inside of our body that don't escape that breathing can allow us to actually detoxify and get rid of Hmm. and is that um i mean i've heard about mouth breathers basically and also the way that breath can change your anatomy sorry i don't know if that's the, the word to use anatomy or but basically change the structure of people's um face yeah is that is that true like this is just things that i've read randomly before um could yeah you most definitely um so the nose and the mouth topic like is as i've developed as a breathwork coach definitely something that i've changed my opinion on completely and you'll see me why for um in a minute like i'll explain that but basically yeah when after we learn how to breathe correctly Think about the nose is basically like um, the most optimal way to breathe, okay? So it's kind of like a little superpower that we have, the nose. However, when we're so used to breathing through our mouth and we've picked up incorrect breathing habits, um, the effects that that can have is huge. Basically, our nose then becomes blocked. So our mouth is always open. and when we always have our mouth open, it uh, deforms the shape of our jaw. And that is because when we naturally rest and our tongue is meant to rest in the roof of the mouth. So if I get you to close your mouth and place the tongue on the roof of the mouth, like that, you'll feel like the palate up the top. And when we don't do that and the mouth is open, basically what happens is the muscles in the upper end of the mouth and the jaw they don't form correctly. So then that blocks off the ability to be able to use the nose. 
So when I originally became a breathwork instructor, I was just like, breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose. And what I realized, I was like, wow, there's so many people who actually like their noses are blocked and they can't breathe through their nose. They have no access. And sure, I have techniques in which you can unblock your nose and get more blood flow and things like that. But some people, it just wasn't possible. So when we first learn how to breathe correctly, using the mouth can be extremely important because it allows us to actually hear. So like also using those different learning styles, right? So like being able to be visual, being able to hear things, be able to see things. Um, so when you can hear yourself inhale and exhale, you might notice on the inhale, it'll be like a little bit stagnant. In. And like, oh, that's not real smooth. Or you go to exhale and it might just like nothing may come out. So learning to hear how you're breathing is extremely important as well. Mm. But the main key takeaway there is once we learn how to breathe correctly using the right muscles, then use the nose as our little super booster and breathe through the nose for 90% of your life, essentially, and 90% of your training as well. Mm. I went off on a little tangent there, but... Um, Not really. I, I also, I'm probably going off on a tangent here, but I know that... Gina, you were joking earlier about <laughs> the tape, sleeping with the tape across your mouth so that when you are sleeping, you're breathing through your nose. Um, how do you find that? I love it. Like um, it was very foreign to start with. And I think it's an important thing to say to everyone, like the, if you, <laughs> when you're foreign, when it's new, people are like, what the, like, it's so bizarre, right? Like covering your mouth with tape. Um, it's a very foreign thing to start with, but if you persist and you like allow it to happen, like allow yourself to do it, then the benefits and Jamie, I'm sure Jamie will go into the benefits for that as part of the nighttime and hydration and, um, you know, salt levels and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, you wake up feeling you, I wake up feeling much more refreshed and yeah. Um, yeah, it helps with the quality of sleep as well. Yeah, because I do have the mouth tape that I actually received from Jamie from the last <laughs> retreat that I did, still sitting next to my bed, and it's been like over six months now. I still <laughs> try, and I'm not sure what's stopping me. I, I don't know. Just the thought of the thought of it seems daunting. Actually, yeah, I don't know why. You can start with a small like my mouth, biggest like, game What's that? It's my biggest game changer. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll get you to chat a little bit more about that um, at some point in the podcast. But yeah. sorry, I've taken us on a little tangent. But we can now, though, because it ties into the benefits, I think. Okay. Because like, think about how many hours we sleep, and obviously some more than others, <laughs> for good or bad, but like that's it's a big percentage of the day. So, yeah, My let's bad. go into mouth taping. Yeah, so uh, I'll relate lot to what Alice is talking about now like how it's been sitting by her bedside like that's <laughs> such a common thing for people and for some reason there's something that's going on that like whether it be fear uncomfortable looking stupid like unattractive like laying next to your husband like oh like <laughs> wake up and you've got this you got this eye mask on you Damn got this on woohoo this is really attractive <laughs> it's um, so sexy <laughs> there's so many reasons for why people don't want to put the mouth tape on uh and as Gina said before, like we sleep for let's say on average eight hours a night, right? However, if you're breathing through the day is not sound, 
then you you actually are pretty much going to struggle to breathe through your nose at night. Like if you just try to breathe through your nose through the night, but you're breathing like shit through the day, then that's not really going to work. So what I like to recommend people to getting used to and introducing mouth tape is actually um, take, take five minutes out of your day when you feel comfortable and apply the mouth tape and breathe through your nose then like feel what it feels like to have the mouth tape on and get comfortable and then start to increase that time and then when it does come time for you to transition to actually mouth taping to go to bed your body's not going to like be in this state of like oh is this weird or i'm, I'm unsure about this it's actually going to be familiar with what's happening Mm. And yeah. for our listeners, we're not talking about duct taping your mouth either. There is actual no. mouth tape. You go to, yeah. <laughs> there is actual mouth tape uh, that has been designed in a way that has a mouth hole and everything like that, which you can, um, we'll listen in the link below uh, for the podcast anyway. I'll send you the link for, for buying that mouth tape. Otherwise, you can literally go to the chemist and ask for some free micropore tape. Mm-hmm. Or if you know a doctor, they're going to have a lot of it usually. Um, and it's just a, you can talk through the tape essentially. Like it's it's very, very light. Um, it's flexible and very, very safe. If you were to go into a state of panic or anxiousness where you needed to open your mouth, you're going to be able to open your mouth perfectly fine. Um, and the tape's just going to be hanging on one side of your mouth essentially. So Yeah, it just pops Benefits up. are huge. Yeah, like you're going to... Um, you're going to access when you breathe through the nose we basically down regulate the body so again we're going to have lower heart rates our stress levels are going to be lower we're going to be in the parasympathetic it means that we're going to um have higher vagal tone so we're going to activate what we call the vagus nerve which i'll explain in a little minute um we talked about uh excess sweat so 40 percent more sweat actually comes out when you mouth breathe. So think about how much more you could stay hydrated and feel energetic through the morning. More fluid or more moisture? Yeah. Yeah. Versus sweat as in coming through the pores, you mean like more, yeah. more moisture is let out of yeah. the body? The majority of the research got done on um, athletes. Mm-hmm. So uh, researching how much they sweat over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mouth breathers sweat 40% more than what the nose breather does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is huge, right? For when you're waking up and the first thing that you're probably doing is tonguing for a drink. Like yeah. you'll probably find you you may not even wake up thirsty or anything like that. Mm-hmm. One of the big takeaways that I actually um, took away from the retreat that I did do with you um, was that I did implement a lot of that into my training. So mouth breathing, Uh, especially when I'm in recovery between sets and that sort of thing. So really practicing the nose, sorry, really practicing to breathe through my nose and like to sort of just let my body do its thing, like let it come back to its kind of recovery state um, as opposed to, you know, huffing and puffing and moving around. And you're kind of like, I know sometimes it can be hard and you're in pain, but it's crazy to think like, to feel the difference really when you kind of sit with it and you breathe through it and you just sort of um you can what's the word it's like you're just observing like your body kind of doing like one step back two steps forward um yeah yeah, very challenging at first but then 
it's, it's a couple of weeks and you notice a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I definitely um, have done since that retreat that I learned because we did do that workout as well where we were nose breathing the whole time. So <laughs> that was hard for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I would love to talk more about um, breath work, doing breath work, and I guess um, using the retreat as an example because that's probably where a lot of my experience has come from with breath work. I've obviously done like um, guided breath works before and I've done a few other random breath work kind of sessions with different coaches around the Gold Coast um, but obviously we did a lot of it at the retreat um, so can we talk about like the reason or the different breath works that we did do and maybe kind of um, the experience that some people get from doing breath work sessions like that because they're more kind of deeper sessions I would say yeah definitely um, so what Alice is referring to here uh, is our Alpha Theta retreats that we run. And because the breath is such a, the breath is essentially the language of the nervous system, okay? So think hard and fast, like that's going to be sympathetic, which is um, the activated side of the nervous system. Oh, activated isn't really the right word, but it's like putting the accelerator on, okay, when we're hitting the sympathetic. And then we have the opposite side, which is parasympathetic. That's more so like learning how to put on the brakes. What we do teach is for people to be able to healthily access both sides of the nervous system and not always be stuck in one side. So either like the freeze mode where you're down and depressed and basically just numb to everything. And then you've got the high like anxious thoughts, feelings, sympathetic drive, all right? So the accelerator is always on or the brakes just on all the time. And um, what we try to encourage is giving you the tools to be able to access both sides of the nervous system healthily. And to do that, breath is everywhere. And the sessions that you are actually referring to are the deeper, sort of more conscious breathing sessions. So that's where we lay and we um, build up a rhythmical breath what can be referred to. Some people have heard of like Wim Hof or a holotropic sort of breathing session. And essentially we find a rhythm and we continue to breathe in that rhythm over and over and over and over again. And what we then do is go into the deeper layers, layers like beyond the body, beyond the mind. What do I mean by that? So we have three parts in the brain and we actually shut off one part of the brain which is our most recent developed part of the brain prefrontal cortex we shut that off when we enter these rhythmical patterns of breath okay so it allows people to actually get out of their head and into sensation and when they can be in sensation and emotions do rise a lot of things come to the surface that no one knew were there before so there could be laughter, there could be tears, or there could be um, resurfaced experiences. However, without the attachment of the monkey mind telling you what that is, without the story, there is just you as the observer of what's occurring because the mind is not in an active state to basically um, create any story. We've shut, we've shut that part of the brain down essentially. Yes, it's a lot more deeper than that. And it's not as simple as just like you shut this off 
and this thing opens. But in layman's terms, that's that's basically what's happening when we um, reach those deeper, deeper states of consciousness through rhythmical breathing. Mm. Um, so it's the prefrontal cortex. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, pretty powerful. And that's the thing. So many people are just up in their head all day, just in their own in their own way, basically. So this allows you to really like get present and just just be, and then allow to allow yourself to see what's under the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually called transcendental hypofrontality. Mm -hmm. like, if you look that up, mm -hmm. and you see, like, uh, you can see scans of the brain and stuff where you see, like, it's all lit up, and then that it's like literally just dark and it's turned off. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is that basically the same as meditating? Yeah, yeah. And how I how I actually like to facilitate it is I call it breathing um, meditation for people who can't meditate. <laughs> because a lot of people um speak about wanting to do meditation because they hear about the different benefits and being in positive mindset all that kind of stuff however that's what i refer to as like a top-down approach right so there's a lot of words being spoken um like positive affirmation and things like that in meditation and it but, depends which type of meditation or like who's yeah. who's doing it right yeah yeah um Oh, a lot of people that try to access it straight away and be like, oh, I'm going to start meditating. Basically, it's a lot of words. Um, yeah. However, what underlies that is bad physiology mm. or physiology that is not in the correct state to receive the communication. Suboptimal. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, whereas why I call it meditation for people who can't meditate is because we physiologically change the state of the body. Mm. So we change from the inside out, which means that we're altering our state. We're putting the nervous system into a state in which it's ready to receive communication. And then from there, the words are going to mean much like the words in which you meditate are going to hit home much deeper than if you were to just sort of like speak it all and get it back, speak it all, get it back, if that makes sense. So it's changing from the bottom up or the inside out versus trying to trying to dig deep into these layers without actually addressing what's underneath first. Yeah. I found um like in my experience at the retreats, like sometimes when I'm in that state and like down in that state and I guess more open and the prefrontal cortex is shut down, for example then depending on the music that that you're playing jamie like there might be certain lyrics of the music that land really like mm -hmm. really land during that moment yeah. and that's where emotions come up when have come up for me in the past and it can be i think so when when someone almost like lets down their barriers and allows themselves to go there then that's where you can reach those states um and it may not happen the first time may not happen the 10th time it just depends where the person's at yeah that's right and it, like um when it does happen, not setting that expectation for it to happen like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we do go any further, like we have spoke a lot about the nervous system and um, anatomically incongruent breathing and um, all of these different states and stuff. All of, I will just touch, I don't really want to go any deeper until I explain this next part, which is what actually is a correct breath and what is, uh, or what, at, what is an anatomically correct breath? Sure. And what is an anatomically incongruent breath? Because this is the most important thing to understand out of it all, um, as it lays the foundation for everything we just spoke about. 
So an anatomically incongruent breath is also referred to as vertical breathing. Okay. So this would be using muscles in like our shoulders and our neck to pull our rib cage up and down. If you ask people, to, majority of people to take a deep breath, what you'll get is up, down. As you mm -hmm. inhale, get taller. And as you exhale, it gets smaller. So those muscles and our mouth, we weren't born to breathe with, okay? They're auxiliary muscles that are born, we were born with to do other things. What we need to do is learn how to take a horizontal breath. So why a horizontal breath? This refers to 360 degree breathing. So this means the whole circumference around your rib cage should be able to expand and narrow when you breathe. How this relates to our nervous system is when we breathe using the shoulders, the neck and the mouth, we have a nerve in the body called the vagus nerve. And this is basically, vagus in Latin stands for wander. And this nerve starts at essentially the bottom of the neck. Um, so I want you to visualize a big tree. So at the top you have, or even, yeah, visualize a big tree at the top, you have all the green leaves, then you come down to the trunk and then you hit the ground underneath all the roots go everywhere. It's basically the same at the top of your body, you have your head, then you go down the neck, then this vagus nerve starts basically at the bottom of the neck and wanders throughout the whole body. And when we breathe using those muscles, it actually picks up that that's uh, an anatomically incongruent breath and puts the body into the state of sympathetic, which is our fight or flight mode. So if you're breathing incorrectly, then how often is your body gonna be in fight or flight and stressed out? All the time. Yeah, correct, yeah. So that's why learning how to breathe correctly is so, so important. So then we don't have the flow and effect of increased heart rates, blood pressures, cortisol levels, all the, all the different benef uh, benefits or downfalls, whichever way you look at it, that we spoke about earlier. So what we need to learn to do is breathe using our diaphragm. So our diaphragm is probably the most important muscle in the body. So it's like a big sheath of muscle that sits underneath our rib cage. It's like a dome shape. If I get you to... Um, picture a vegetable steamer the old school vegetable steamers that kind of have like the little holes mm -hmm. and they're like a they're like a dome and you can almost flatten it and then it goes back to its natural shape um if it was upside down i want you to picture that and the diaphragm if you touch your sternum your diaphragm would start at your sternum and then what i want you to do is actually draw a line all the way down and follow your um, rib cage out to the very sides of your body which will be just above your hips and then I want you to follow them all the way through to the lower back and it even touches down into the pelvic floor so that is how big your diaphragm muscle is it's basically like the size of like a little pizza or a big pizza if you're a big human but um that is how big our diaphragm muscle muscle is. And that's responsible for the inhalation. That is the main muscle that teaches to inhale correctly. 
Um, and for those who can see this, you may not, but what I want you to do is cl clasp your hands in front of you. And I want them to be at about your, the level of your nose and your elbows are going to be down just below the shoulders. So this should create sort of like a, uh, um, a dome or a half circle, okay? If you were to draw from your elbow up and around your hands and down to the other side. As we breathe in, I want you to draw your hands down. So it's going to be in, we're going to draw the hands down and that's going to create a straight line across our elbows, hands, and across to the other elbow. And we're going to breathe out and we're going to raise our clasped hands back up. And as we breathe in, I want you to flatten. Good. Breathe out. And I want, that's it, good. So what we're doing here, for those who can't see, is we're basically getting a, a dome shape. As we breathe in, I'm flattening that dome. And then as we breathe out, that dome is then retracting up in underneath the ribcage. And this is exactly what happens when we breathe correctly. So as we inhale, the diaphragm actually flattens. So when we flatten that, that expands our ribcage out. So if we talk about where the uh, diaphragm was attached before, that's going to essentially expand our ribcage 360 degrees. It's doing this to create space for the lungs to fill with air. So picture your lungs as a cone shape. And down the very bottom is the most um, oxygen-rich part of the lung. When we breathe vertically, we're only accessing probably a quarter of the lung, which is at the top, not even the most oxygen-rich part of the lung. So when we learn how to breathe correctly horizontally using our diaphragm, and we open the rib cage and allow the space for the air to reach the bottom of the lungs, we actually, actually oxygenate the body more. Because the air is reaching down to the very bottom most rich part of the lung mm. and it can then be transferred out throughout the body however it needs to go. Mm. So learning how to relax all the upper body and isolate our breathing muscles is one of the most important things that we can do. Yeah, for health, right? That's yeah. So many people are shallow breathing constantly. Yeah. So they're not getting those benefits. They're not getting that oxygenation, like you're saying, as, as yeah. effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do that, again, the exact same thing, except the, the exact opposite thing happens in the vagus nerve. So when it senses that we're using the diaphragm, it then puts the body into more of a parasympathetic state, mm -hmm. which means that we're going to be more on the side of rest and digest and relaxation. So if we can access that side, that means we're going to have a decision and a choice to then go to sympathetic when we need to. Mm. So whether that be a hard workout or you need to run somewhere quickly or get somewhere fast and, um, or you need to save something. Yeah. Like healthily access that state and not just be stuck there all day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So yeah, you're saying accessing that state by choice like choosing to go yeah. there when you need to rather than operating like that constantly so that's really cool because that brings me to my next question so when it comes to someone who 
knows that they are a bit more of an anxious person. They're in the future. They're a bit more of a stressy kind of person. So potentially they are, they are sitting in this more constant state of arousal or sympathetic nervous system state. Yeah. What do you have any breath works that you would recommend um, to help them bring themselves back down? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when you are experiencing anxious thoughts and states, as Gina just said, one of the most important things that you can do that is a start to breath work is just being aware, catching yourself and being aware of what you're doing in that stage. So you're going to be doing one of four different things. Okay. You're going to be breathing a lot. So you'll be like hyperventilating. You'll be not breathing at all. So you'll like freeze or you'll be um, essentially you'll, you'll pull your breath in, right? You'll pull your breath in and you'll freeze. Or you're going to let your breath out and you'll freeze, okay? And, um, oh, hang on. I just got stuck here. Sorry, Tane. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was in my own head then. I was uh, thinking about what I was going to say, but then I forgot where I was going. Okay. Funny so, when that happens, breathe, hey. yeah, Sorry, I wasn't suffering from anxious thoughts, I promise. Um, <laughs> talking about anxious, things to do when you're anxious. All right, so. And then you're like, I better get anxious. Going to either holding your breath or you're going to breathe too much. And um, the first thing that I recommend is becoming aware of what you're doing that time. Okay, so what is your breath doing? And then you have a decision to then try and just follow the inhale and the exhale until you can keep up with it, okay? So try and create a rhythmical breath. So just breathe in and out. Don't try and change it at all. I just want you to follow it, okay? Then when you can follow it, then we start to take control. And I want you to start to take a longer exhale. So if you think about having your exhale two times as long as your inhale, so it might be like in. <sighs> Just extending the exhale is going to allow us to go more into the parasympathetic and bring the heart rate back down. Um, that's the quickest way to deal with anxious thoughts and feelings. So uh, would you say like one second in, two seconds out, or would you prefer like two seconds two. in, four oh, seconds? Two ratio is the best recommended ratio. Yep. Of any any ratio though? So would you say two seconds in, four seconds out? Yeah, or play what times in? as you please. So that could be yeah. five and ten, yeah. whatever that may be. but um the extended exhale is what we're looking for there yeah so if yeah. someone's in a bit of a state they could simply just do one second in two seconds out to start yeah. with and yeah. just roll through yeah. yeah four and six is even great perfect yeah and this is the thing it's not necessarily dealing with the um the internal like thinking that's happening to create that state yeah. but it's giving someone an objective uh task or way of breathing they can do to help facilitate that calmness yeah correct yeah yeah cool um on the flip side what would you recommend for someone who is in a bit of a rut and they're you know starting to they noticing that they're in having more depressive kind of thoughts or um just feeling sad in a bit of a rut feeling a bit sad feeling a bit off what would you recommend there on the flip side yep so to be able to upregulate um it's the exact opposite to what we've done just then really simple yeah. You're going to extend the inhale. So you want more inhale than you have exhale. A two to one ratio is 
great to start with again. One of the best techniques that I can probably give you is a two-part breath or a three-part breath, which means that you're going to have a double inhale and then an exhale. So it will sound a little something like this. I literally can't hear anything. I can't hear you. It's okay. Can you? Can you hear me? my microphone. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you I don't hear? know why, but the computer, must be the computer audio, it kind of doesn't pick up on the breathing. It's maybe stuff. trying to cancel it out. I'll try mine, so. Perfect. Now you okay. silent too. <laughs> That's funny. Perfect. So um, because we did run into some technical difficulties, <laughs> I want you to inhale, take the biggest inhale you can through your belly. Then I want you to breathe in to the very last little bit of space that you have. So it'll be fill the belly and then essentially fill whatever space you have left. So it'll be a big, full, deep breath, another little sip out. Full, deep breath. In, in, out. In, in, out. Belly, chest, out. Belly, chest, out. Belly, chest, out. And you'll, what you'll start to notice is straight away, you're going to start to feel more energetic. Mm -hmm. I love that. What about a breath, a breath work for when it's hard to fall asleep? Because I feel like everyone at some stage runs into this mm -hmm. annoying issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, two recommendations. If you uh, have an experienced breathing coach that you have access to, um, a light, slow, deep breathing for around five minutes will be a great way to be able to downregulate. So what I mean by that, by light, I mean breathing in a little less volume than you used to, probably around 50 to 70% of the normal volume you'll breathe in a breath. Start off by doing that. Then I want you to um, focus on breathing deep using the diaphragm. And then I want you to slow it down to around six breaths per minute. So that'd be five seconds in or 5.5 seconds in and 5.5 seconds out. Mm -hmm. And two easy numbers to think of is either five in, five out or four in and six out. Yeah. So that's breathing light, breathing slow and breathing deep. Is it breathing light to kind of then appreciate the breathing deep after? Yeah, the breathing light, what that actually does is um, allow CO2, so carbon dioxide, that allows that to accumulate in the blood a little bit. Yeah. And as that level rises, we, we become more resilient to stress. And also as that happens, and we're breathing through our nose, nitric oxide is going to get released, which means that we're going to dilate the blood vessels. We're going to open up um, our nasal passages or our airways, which is then going to allow us to sleep deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't want to um, do that through a guided breathing coach or you haven't got something to listen to, easily accessible on YouTube is Yoga Nidra. Okay. So these can be 10 or 20 minute meditations. There's plenty of them out there now. And basically this is um, allowing us to focus on, it's like a whole body scan that is combined with slow breathing mm. so you're scanning the body for tension and breathing into the tension and out of allowing the body to be able to relax 
And by the time you either start at the toes and finish at the head or start at the head and finish at the toes, you do this with your slow breathing, you're going to be completely relaxed. So type in Yoga Nidra on um, YouTube and you'll find some great little tips there. Jamie, do you have any videos yourself? Um, I'm just wondering in terms of like maybe being able to link anything to the show notes of you. Yeah, as far as um, breath, as far as breath sessions right now, I have nothing on my YouTube channel, unfortunately. Um, it's something that I need to actually put on there. I have recorded, I have recorded stuff that I need to get out there. Um, so that is for me to get on to. And <laughs> one of my goals for 2023. Make yeah, well, once it's off, I can, once it's up, I can add it in anyway. That'd be yeah, yeah exactly. correct. Correct. Um, but for those who are looking for um, follow along sessions on YouTube. Three people that I would recommend is looking at Breathless. And then there's one called Breathe with Sandy. And then there's Breathwork Beats. All three of those will give you access to a whole variety of different breathing techniques. Mm, love that. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Well, I feel like that covers quite a lot for our first overall Breathwork. Touch on breath yeah. work, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sorry for going off on little tangents. Um, it's it happens when you're very passionate, as you girls know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, maybe um, I, I might I might add into the end of the podcast a little um a little breath work with Jamie um and, and knit that in, so that means our listeners can choose to when they finish the podcast, they can choose to come back to it or basically do that breath work. As yeah. Well. I was thinking, Gina, maybe we could add it in as a part two as its own separate, mm. like, episode just so that people don't have to find the point every time yeah. of where we're starting, but they can actually yeah. just go straight to that episode to do whatever it is, five minutes or ten minutes of breath work that we're going yeah. sure. um, to do. Sure. Just make see why not. Sounds good. Right. Nice. How, about, how about I just record one? Yeah. And then make a YouTube video and then we can link it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> so good beautiful all right jamie well thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today it's been yeah, awesome thank you so much for having me it was an absolute pleasure Can and i wish you ladies all the best for what's to come in the podcast keep getting epic guests on and i'll keep listening yes could you tell us where um our listeners can find you jamie yep so at supple s-u-p-p-l-e Sangster, S-A-N-G-S-T-E-R mm-hmm. on Instagram is where you'll find me. Um, yes. And you've got a big event coming up, don't you? Do you want to tell the listeners about that? I do. I do have a big event coming <laughs> I up. I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am just about to uh, go into the Terry Campese Foundation Special Forces Challenge, which is um, in order to raise as much money and funds for disadvantaged youth in Canberra and surrounding regions. Um, so we've been raising funds now for the past three to four months and essentially all funds raised go to um, funding a 20-week mentoring program, which I'm going to be one of the mentors on. And at the end of that 20-week mentoring program for the kids, we get to take them to Kokoda to do the trek and they can apply what they learn. They also get access to different employment opportunities and things like that at the end of it, which is super, super cool. So um, in two weeks' time, uh, there's going to be a team of 20 of us, or 25, getting put through 30 hours of hell by military personnel 
So they're going to take us out into the bush. Um, we don't know what we're taking. We don't know where we're going and we don't know what we're up for, but uh, it's going to be good fun. Uh, yeah. I do have a link in my uh, Instagram page if you'd like to make a donation. I've currently raised about $14,000, which I am absolutely stoked for. So that'll take a couple of little kids with us. Mm. And yeah, if you want to know more information, please reach out. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Thanks Thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. Thank you, guys. And as always, guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to take a little screenshot, share it on your socials, tag us, and also join our Body and Beyond community on Facebook as well. Thank you, guys, and we'll tune in with you in our next episode. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs>